0: You are Locked on Packers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts. You will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet and the show for fans who know what happened they want to know why and how today on the show two pieces that came out that feature the packers prominently and we are at that part of the off season where we're doing lists we're doing you know most exciting we're doing most disappointing players poised to break out and and it's a lot of just trying to manufacture content and that's good for me because it allows me to dunk on it if necessary or say, hey, look at this cool thing if and when a cool thing actually gets done. The thing I want to start with is a quarterback ranking, and I want to start with that quarterback ranking because of a name that is conspicuously absent. A CBS Sports article ranks the top 10 quarterbacks for the 2020 NFL season, and the first name in the headline is not actually on the list, Aaron Rodgers. The top 10 quarterbacks in the league does not feature Aaron Rodgers. And it's not just Rodgers who misses the cut, by the way. Matt Ryan also misses the cut. And that's bad. It it is impossible to put together a top 10 list that doesn't feature those two players. And you don't have to believe that Aaron Rodgers belongs at the top of the list. And I don't. He is no longer that player. So let's just go through this. Patrick Mahomes at one is unimpeachable. Cannot be argued that he at least belongs on the list, certainly. Whether he's one or two or three doesn't really matter. Patrick Mahomes is one of, if not the best quarterback in football, and I don't think anyone believes that that's not the case. Lamar Jackson is two. I wouldn't have him at two because I think much of what he does is reliant on a running attack that is going to be a little bit more fickle in 2020 than it was in 2019. I think teams are going to be a little bit better prepared for it. And I think we saw in the playoffs that they need Lamar Jackson to be a better passer than he is capable of being right now. And ultimately, that is what he is going to need to be a long-term successful quarterback in the NFL. It's not there yet. Now, is he one of the most dynamic players in the league? Yeah. And this is part of the argument for Aaron Rodgers is if you needed to win one playoff game right now today, you're taking Aaron Rodgers over Lamar Jackson. So you can say, okay, yeah, Lamar Jackson for 2020, probably going to put up better numbers, going to be more efficient. Ravens offense has a chance to be really good and really dynamic and explosive. They play this unique style and Jackson is a Mike Vick throwback. Okay. But if I need to win a game tomorrow and it is a win or go home scenario in January, I need to go on the road and win a playoff game, I'd much rather have Aaron Rodgers than Lamar Jackson, even though I don't think Aaron Rodgers is what he used to be. And again, I don't think anyone disputes that part of this. Russell Wilson is the next guy on the list. Unimpeachable. Unimpeachable. Russell Wilson, if he's not the best quarterback in football, is two or at worst three. And that is despite Pete Carroll's best efforts to keep him down. Now, this list has Drew Brees at four. Okay, fine, fine. All right, Drew Brees has it easier than just about any other quarterback in the league. He throws shorter as frequently as any QB in the league. And when he does throw deep, he's usually throwing to wide open receivers because Sean Payton is an offensive genius. Now, Brees is still... Deadly accurate and deserves all the credit in the world for that. This is the same argument, though. If I need to win a playoff game tomorrow, it's Aaron Rodgers. Drew Brees has proven the last few years that when the lights are brightest, he is not always up to the task. And we're talking about losing home playoff games. Say whatever you want about the pass interference call in the NFC Championship game two years ago. The the Saints were at home, and Drew Brees threw a brutal pick late in that game that fundamentally changed the outcome. They lost at home to the Vikings last year, So and, and they lost on the road to the Vikings a few years ago. So when we're talking about a guy who comes up short in the biggest moments, Aaron Rodgers has a little bit of a knock for that. That's Drew Brees. It's hard for me to go much beyond this and say, There's a great case for any of these guys. Deshaun Watson is at six. I would have had him higher. Dak Prescott is at five, I guess. I guess. He belongs on this list. He's a top-ten quarterback. And if you think Mike McCarthy is going to come in and save him and then you add what they did, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup, Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield, of course Amari Cooper signs that big deal. They've got plenty of weapons and they were really good last year, they're probably going to be really good again. What am I getting? Because they were supposed to be good last year, and I know all the excuses about Jason Garrett, but if you're if you're a super elite quarterback, if you're a top-five quarterback, if you're the fifth-best quarterback in the league, how can you go through a season like the, the Cowboys went through last year? But okay, he belongs on this list. To be sure, Deshaun Watson definitely belongs on this list. The rest of this list... Matthew Stafford, Carson Wentz, Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger, how can you argue those guys should be here over Aaron Rodgers? Carson Wentz had a great season a few years ago and then got hurt. Wasn't great last year, wasn't great the year before that. So are we just going to grade on a curve then? Are we just looking at what he was and what he can be and saying, oh, well, he's got all this talent? Same goes for Matthew Stafford. Now, Matthew Stafford was very good last year. But this is a guy who hasn't really been a a top-level quarterback his whole career. He's been in that tier below. Now, I think you can make the case Aaron Rodgers is now in that tier below, and I do think there is an an intellectually honest case that Matthew Stafford is the best quarterback in the division. Let me go back to the well one more time. If you have to start a playoff game tomorrow with one of these guys – Aaron Rodgers all day over Matthew Stafford. So if you think Matthew Stafford is going to put up better numbers, if you think, oh, Kenny Galladay and and this offense is going to be better, first of all, I'd like to know why you think that, because they they invested heavily in the run game. Again, DeAndre Swift in the top 40. The Packers got dragged for taking A.J. Dillon in the 60s. The Lions took a running back in the 30s. So let's just take – and a running back too. Let's just take that in for a moment. Why is he so much better than Aaron Rodgers? Now, the the article points out Stafford was on pace to throw for almost 5,000 yards, 38 touchdowns, 10 picks before the injury. Except the injury has always been part of the deal with Stafford. Bill Simmons used to joke that Matthew Stafford's name should be Matthew Stafford if he were healthy because he could never stay healthy. So are we relying on him to play 16 games? And, And the same goes for Ben Roethlisberger on this list. He didn't even play last year and is coming off a, a, a major injury, elbow surgery. He's 38 years old, and what are you getting? What are you getting? Antonio Brown's not there. So wh- why is he on this list ahead of Aaron Rodgers? That doesn't make sense to me. And then Tom Brady is, I guess, the the legacy pick, and he gets to play with Mike Evans. He gets to play with Chris Godwin. He gets you know, Bruce Arians. But are they going to throw the ball down the field? Because last year, Brady was not better than Rodgers. Brady was not a good quarterback last year. He was a below-average quarterback. And you can say whatever you want if you think he's the GOAT. Cool, I guess. But if the case is he's got all this help around him, then how good is he really? If you want to make a list of, oh, who's going to have the best numbers, that's a less interesting discussion to me because... There are going to be quarterbacks who have great numbers who can't win a game and and don't do things to materially impact the outcome. There was that famous Blake Bortles year a few years ago where, where they were losing every week, and in the second half he'd go off. He was a great fantasy quarterback, ended up being a top-10 fantasy quarterback, but they couldn't win games because he would play so poorly in the first half that in the second half they were down 20, and he could get his garbage time points, yards, and, and his stats. I wrote about... The struggles of Aaron Rodgers throwing the deep ball this week. In fact, the article is out right now. I wrote earlier in the offseason the play-action game is being held back by Rodgers' inconsistencies. This offense is not what it used to be, and it's because Aaron Rodgers is not what he used to be. Not the receivers, not the coaching, not the offensive line. Rodgers is the number one contributor to that problem, and he's still a top-10 quarterback he's still a top 10 quarterback because the list of players that i would rather have in a playoff game right now it's like four guys russell wilson, patrick mahomes, that might be the list. it used to be tom brady but how, how can i trust tom brady? he he can't get to 20 points at home in a playoff game. i don't i don't care what he's working with. i mean that's embarrassing. he's just not the guy anymore. rodgers can still come through in the clutch. he showed that in seattle. He showed that in the second half against San Francisco. I know it was a little bit tough in the first half, but they were they were making a comeback. They were in that game, and the defense couldn't get a stop. You know, the, the, the Chiefs were able to come back against the Texans in part because the Chiefs started getting stops. Packers couldn't get stops and, and make that a game in the NFC Championship game. That's not on Rodgers. There are plenty of valuable and important criticisms of Aaron Rodgers, And I think he's been treated with kid gloves for much of his career, particularly the last few years, by fans. We can't be at all critical, can't say anything negative, and and part of that is because he has been criticized in all sorts of unfair ways. And so I understand the instinct from fans to say, hey, don't talk about Aaron Rodgers because most of the criticisms of Aaron Rodgers, frankly, are bull. But he is not the player that he used to be. All that is true, and you still have to say that right now, today he's a top-10 quarterback because of what I just said, the list of players that you would want in a playoff game right now. It's a very short list. And no, he's not going to throw for 5,000 yards this year, but he was was good enough last year. They won a bunch of games. They didn't lose games because Rodgers couldn't play. I mean, they got steamrolled by San Francisco on both sides of the ball. They got steamrolled by the Chargers on both sides of the ball. And Aaron Rodgers played great in that Eagles game. He didn't have any help. And so there, you you can't lay the blame for last year at the feet of Rodgers and say he's the main reason that they failed. No, that's not true. Now, is he the the main driver of the offense's inconsistencies? I Yes. But, and this is an important caveat, so don't have turned the podcast off already. That's like saying the the main reason that a NASCAR team doesn't have more wins is the driver. He has the most responsibility. He is the reason that anything is going to happen, good or bad. So if things aren't quite where they need to be, of course he's the reason. The quarterback position is that essential. It's that consequential to the outcome that it's going to be the case. So, yeah, Patrick Mahomes is the number one reason the Chiefs offense is so good. They have a ton of great players. That's a huge factor. They have Andy Reid. That's a huge factor. But the number one reason the Chiefs offense is unbelievable is because Patrick Mahomes is unbelievable. Russell Wilson is another great example. Aaron Rodgers in his prime was a great example. That 2011 offense wasn't special. That wasn't Andy Reid coming up with plays where guys are running wide open necessarily. That was Aaron Rodgers individually being as brilliant as we've ever seen a quarterback be. Not because McCarthy was just scheming circles around opponents. No. Aaron Rodgers was doing that. And so if Aaron Rodgers can elevate his play just a little and get back to even what he was in 2017 before the injury, then he gets them to a place that they can't go otherwise. And if he does, they're going to be a Super Bowl contender once again. And if you need to elevate your game just a little bit when it comes to buying car parts, one of the most painstaking processes you can go through if you've ever done it, it can be so intimidating. And it makes you not want to do it, frankly. So why not go somewhere that's going to make it easy for you and not just easy, but cheap. If you're going to do something you don't like to do or you're intimidated by, make sure you're doing it with the best price possible and that is at rockauto.com. In fact, Rock Auto's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. They don't change their prices for professional mechanics versus do-it-yourselfers like some stores. And because they're an online retailer, you don't have to wander aisles. You don't have to worry, do they have the part for my car, my make, my model? They're an online retailer, so they've got it all, or at least almost all of it. And right now is a great time to be getting those things fixed on your car that you wouldn't otherwise have time. We all have a little extra time, so go to rockauto.com, get that low price, get the help that you need, and write in Locked On in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Today's episode is also... Brought to you by Bobbles Galore. Bobbles Galore is the leading bobblehead retailer in the country with a vast inventory of bobbleheads from all major sporting leagues, including the Packers, Brewers, and Bucks. They're officially licensed by the NBA, MLB, and NFL. And right now, in limited quantities, we're talking about 1,500 were made only. They have a triple MVP Wisconsin puzzle bobblehead that showcases Giannis Antetokounmpo. Aaron Rodgers, Christian Yelich, unlike any bobble you have seen before. I have the Aaron Rodgers bobblehead sitting on my desk, right in front of me as we speak. They also have a special Greek flag. Giannis bobblehead would make a great gift for dad on Father's Day. They have a cool augmented reality experience, be able to bobble galore's unique AR bobbles app, and they have a super friendly chat feature on the website. They're always there to answer any questions you might have. Right now, go to bobblesgalore.com and use the promo code locked on to get free shipping. That's bobblesgalore.com and use the promo code locked on to get free shipping. So the Packers were in the news, is probably overstating it. They were in a piece that Roger Sherman did for the ringer. And what Roger did was look back at a number of scenarios over the last few years where Colin Kaepernick came up as a potential option and why teams did or didn't consider him. And one of the situations... I think pretty intuitively, is what happened with the Packers in 2017. Aaron Rodgers goes down. This is a a Packers team that was just in the NFC Championship game. They come into 2017. I said on this podcast I felt like the two best teams in the NFC were the Packers and the Falcons, and the deciding vote on who was the best team was wherever the game was played. If the game was in Atlanta, I'd pick the Falcons. If the game were in Green Bay, I'd pick the Packers. And then Aaron Rodgers goes down. And what does Mike McCarthy say? He says, Brett Hundley is our quarterback. We have time invested. Three years invested. And I think he was genuine and earnest when he said that. He was wrong about how good Brett Hundley would be. But he was earnest. He believed Brett Hundley would be, if not good, serviceable. He thought Brett Hundley would get the job done. Brett Hundley knew the offense. They wouldn't have to change much. He could just go out and do the thing. The fact that he was wrong adds to the complicating factors here, but they believed Brett Hundley was the guy. And so I think you can make an intellectually honest argument. Okay, look, Brett Hundley is a young player. We think he has a chance to be something, and we want to give him the keys here, the second half of the year, see if we can win enough games so that when Aaron Rodgers comes back, we can make a playoff push. By the way, the Packers did that. Aaron Rodgers came back. They lost to the Panthers, and we're out of it. But the Packers did win games with Brett Hundley. Don't forget that. I think it's reasonable for the team to have concluded bringing in Colin Kaepernick could potentially undermine Brett Hundley's confidence, and we want to we want to prop him up as best we can. We want to put him in every position that we can to succeed. And bringing in Kaepernick, regardless of you know the other elements that it it creates, whatever the the fan reaction would be, whatever the added media attention would be. Mike McCarthy is certainly the kind of coach who's going to say, we don't want that, especially not for a young quarterback. And, you know, I think a lot of coaches in the NFL would say the same thing. That's always been the the argument for the people who defend teams not signing Colin Kaepernick. All that is true or can be true. We don't know for sure that it is, but all of it can be true. And you still look at that roster and you say, Joe Callahan was the backup. You can't argue that the best 53 man roster the Packers could have put together involved Joe Callahan. You just can't argue it. You can't. Joe Callahan was not an NFL player. And the fact that he was, you know, a concussion away from being your starting quarterback is an indictment of your organization. Now, one thing that I want to say about Roger Sherman's article is he blames Mike McCarthy for this. And if you want to blame Mike McCarthy for anything, blame him for having misplaced faith in Brett Hundley. It was not his call to sign or not sign Colin Kaepernick. It just wasn't. Ted Thompson made those decisions. Now, if, if Mike McCarthy goes to Ted and says, hey, we, Brett Hundley ain't it. We really need someone. And we know Kaepernick can come in and, and just make some plays. Run around, use his legs Even if he can't pick up the offense right away We know he can come in and give us Some snaps, and eventually he'll learn the offense Because there's some runway It's a collarbone, we knew it was going to be A while before he could get out there If at all, Aaron Rodgers And so for the second half of the season, if we want to make A playoff push, this is the guy to do it You know, first game, second game Probably doesn't have a good handle on things Trying to pick up the system, trying to learn it We have to modify it in ways that most Coaches just don't want to do, by the way and then a month in, six weeks in, you know, there it is. And that would have been true of any quarterback that they signed. Not unique to Kaepernick. I don't, I, don't, I don't mean to make it seem like, oh, he wouldn't be ready to play. No, Any anyone coming in cold would have this issue. Now, I do think it's fair to wonder if Matt LaFleur and Brian Gutekunst had been in charge back in 2017, if the Packers would have made this move. And... Obviously, Matt LaFleur would not have been Matt LaFleur then, so this is hard to to replicate. Was there something specifically about Mike McCarthy that, you know, a little bit more old-school coach in terms of his ideology, a little bit more rigid in terms of his philosophy, and maybe a little bit more stuck in his ways as a coach? That's something that manifested itself on the field over and over, and Ted Thompson, the same kind of deal. Matt LaFleur, on the other hand, has embraced competition. Brian Gutekunst has aggressively added to the roster rather than believing in drafting and develop only. So, no, in the last two offseasons, the Packers have not added Colin Kaepernick, but Brian Gutekunst did bring in Deshaun Kaiser, a high-profile draft pick with pedigree. And, again, I think in that scenario, you say, okay, they believed. That he could be, if not a, a quality backup, a, a piece that they could turn into something in the future. In retrospect, there's no question Colin Kaepernick would have been a better player than Deshaun Kaiser, and you can't convince me Colin Kaepernick isn't a better player than Tim Boyle. And this is, I, I understand the position that I'm coming from. I thought Deshaun Kaiser was better than Tim Boyle, at least as a long-term play. And the Packers thought it was it was Boyle was the guy. Now this is all moot now. Colin Kaepernick not an option in Green Bay because the Packers probably only going to roster two quarterbacks. One of them is named Aaron Rodgers, and one of them is Jordan Love. So this is all moot for our purposes now. But it is worth wondering how things might have been different if the Packers would have made that decision back in 2017. Could they have won enough games to sneak into the playoffs? Doesn't matter. But I do think if you're Mike McCarthy, you look back on that with some regret. Because, number one, you were wrong about Brett Hundley. And by the way, I was wrong about Brett Hundley too. Adam Schefter at the at the time reported that optimism around the league for Brett Hundley was the prevailing notion. That there was a lot of people who felt like, okay, he'll succeed in place of Aaron Rodgers. I wrote an article about it for SB Nation. I talked to people about it, and they were optimistic about it. They believed in the system. They believed in the talent. They believed in the tutelage of Mike McCarthy. And they believed if Mike McCarthy believed that Hunley would be a useful player, turned out that was all misplaced faith, but Mike McCarthy could have survived a little bit longer as coach because in 2017, they missed the playoffs. Then they go back to back 2018, missing the playoffs. If Kaepernick is out there, you certainly make the case that, that there were games that they could have won. If Kaepernick is the quarterback. Now, I have made the case in the past that they actually maxed out in all likelihood under Brett Hundley, and I I have said that it's probably this, the same or something close to the same with Kaepernick because, remember, they did win multiple games. They, they beat some bad teams, to be sure. They beat the Browns. They beat the Buccaneers. They probably still lose to the Ravens. Probably still lose to the Lions. Probably still lose to the Steelers in a game that Brett Hundley was great in. So does it does it change the outcome? Maybe not. But maybe it does. Maybe your team looks a little bit better. Maybe you go out there and you don't look awful the last two weeks of the season with Brett Hunley at quarterback and get stomped by the Vikings and the Lions at home. And then you go into a 2018 season that is also lackluster. If you have Kaepernick and you you even if you miss the playoffs. You go nine and seven or something, but miss the playoffs. You showed something, and you showed a malleability. You showed an adaptability because you would have had to change the offense for Kaepernick, and the Packers had to change the offense for Brett Hundley. They had to run more RPOs. They had to run with with Hundley a little bit more. I wish I wish they would have done that more frequently than even they did. They could have looked better and and offered a little bit more faith. Instilled more faith in themselves from the organization, and Mike McCarthy and Ted Thompson decided against it. It's not unreasonable to believe that that ended up being a consequential decision when it comes to what ultimately happened with their futures. And if you want to make more consequential decisions about your eating future, then Built Bar is the thing for you. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. Seriously. It is tremendous. I am someone who's going to shoot you straight on food. I have a lot of food takes. Anyone who knows me knows that. I have a lot of food takes. Built Bar is the real deal because it's a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. All the amazing flavor you want from a candy bar, the 100% chocolate on the outside, the soft, chewy inside, yet we're talking low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, does not taste like a health food but is good for you fueling your body and we all could use a little bit more clean fuel for our engines right about now. Right now, go to builtbar.com and use promo code On to get $10 off your first order. That's promo code On for $10 off at builtbar.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by the U.S. Army. Whether your goal is to fight and cure disease, develop technology, or seek adventure across the globe, the Army is where you can make all of that happen and so much more. The Army is a team of a million individuals working together to take on the most complex problems in the nation and the world and to win. Ask yourself what's your warrior and text ALPL to 462769 to find out. That's ALPL to 462769. Before we finish up here, I, I do also want to remind you that the Lockdown Podcast Network stands against racism and social injustice. That's why we, the hosts, are making personal donations to local and national organizations that are fighting for change. I have chosen Campaign Zero. I hope you do too. But there are plenty of great organizations that need your money. And in the month of June, Lockdown is matching the total of all host donations up to an additional $10,000. To make your own donation along with us, please visit LockedOnPodcasts.com slash Black Lives Matter. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, and we're going to talk about Jordan Love. Not Jordan Love versus Aaron Rodgers or anything like that, but Jordan Love's adjustment to the NFL because it's something that Luke Getzey talked about in this modified offseason, and I think it's worth taking a closer look at as we get closer to training camp. We don't even know what training camp is going to look like. And that was actually one of the points that Getze made because Jordan Love doesn't know what to expect. None of the quarterbacks do. He's a new quarterbacks coach. This is a new season. So there's going to be a lot of new things that they didn't get the benefit of a spring offseason work regimen to iron out. So they're just going to have to figure it out on the fly, and that has consequences. So that's something that I want to discuss tomorrow. Also, send me your questions. I always am up for your questions. You can send them to me on Twitter, follow me at Peter underscore Drukowski, send them to the podcast at Locked On Packers. You can leave them in the comment section on Facebook or when you leave a review, which would be great. Subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked On Packers fan hotline, send us whatever you got. You got questions, I've got maybe some answers. I've got an attempt had an answer I, I normally say movie reviews but right now probably haven't seen any movies lately but me you know, hbo max netflix something let me know if, if you're watching something that's great we're all looking for stuff to watch i'd love to share it with our listeners hit me up on the locked on packers fan hotline 920-341-3775 to stay locked on packers